This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life in business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast on the SAB channel. I am Michael Seip, your host. And today I am excited to have Joey Havens on with us. Joey is a recent author and he has got some great tips for us today. But let's talk a, bit, a little bit about Joey and where he's from. Joey is from uh, Mississippi and actually uh, has been with a firm called Horn and they have been a CPA and more form for a number of years, and he's been a managing partner. And so he's starting to wind down that and transition to something else, and he'll share with that in a little bit. But uh, more importantly, he's a great leadership expert. And so I am thrilled to have him on the show because there is special energy about leadership, as we all know. And so he's got a great take on it, and he's got a great program. So Joey, glad to have you on the show today. Oh, Michael, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's a joy to be with you today. Great, great. Well, uh, Joey, if you could tell us a little bit about, about Horn and your support there, and then what led you to write a book? Because I'm pretty excited about hearing about why people write books. Sure. Horn is uh, Horn LLP is the official name. We're a, a national professional services firm. We've got a CPA firm as our cornerstone. We kind of grew out of the CPA firm to be much wider. Uh, and we're a national firm. We do a, a, a lot of different things, uh, a lot more than auditing and taxes that uh, people think about. So uh, we do a lot in leadership. And really, as I'm phasing out, uh, I have one year left at the firm and I'll be retired. I had to start thinking about what I would do next. And God really put this book on my heart. And uh so leading with significance is a lot about our journey the last nine years that I managed the firm as uh, we went from what we called a good culture to a magnetic culture and the energy, the absolute energy that we have in our firm uh, and how it led to exponential growth. Yeah, great. So your book actually talks about that, that magnetic culture. And so your new book is Leading with Significance, How to Create a Magnetic People First Culture. So tell us a little bit more about magnetic and people first. I guess that probably drives to the, the absolute purpose why I wrote the book. And it is about inspiring leaders to trust in the inherent good in people and care and serve them in an intentional way that leads to high performance. And when people get a strong sense of belonging, they start to help other team members have a strong sense of belonging, and that builds that energy. They start giving that extra effort. They start being creative, innovative. They bring their best ideas, and that energy builds in your firm. But it starts with leadership being vulnerable enough to trust people. So that's, you know, that's where you get the people first. In leadership, I believe that the higher you go up, it's all about serving more people. It's not about serving yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. 
you know, with, with promotion and, and higher, higher uh, authority, if you will, in the business, there's always that challenge of, of am I managing or am I leading? I have that many more people now. And it's fascinating to me how many people don't truly appreciate the difference between managing, getting things done, and actually leading and creating a people culture where you actually trust your employees. So in the theme of the energy of business, obviously, when we have moments in business that are lows and we have highs, um, that teamwork can play a big difference in the outcome for maybe a challenge or to create that high moment in business. So for you, based off of your experience, can you share with us a low moment for you in your business and or an example that you've seen with other firms that maybe you supported? Well, I actually share a lot of those low moments and failures in the book. I think that's what makes the, the book valuable is that we learn from our experiences and our mistakes. But there's, when you ask that question, there was one really dramatic low point for me as the leader and really for our firm. And it was in 2018. Uh, we had invested millions of dollars into technology. We were going after some very big contracts. Uh, we were working on some things that we had been doing for years. And we got on a losing streak and we lost. We had, we had four really big opportunities that we would probably be considered the front runner. And we missed every one of them. We went 0 for 4. And that with the money we had spent to invest in the technology to be able to do those projects, and those kind of things put us in a financial uh, strain. And so for the very first time in that journey, from 2011, when I took over 2012, to that point, we had had a lot of a lot of wins. So we had really doubled down, and I mean it. It put me on my knees, Michael. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, hide from that. I mean, I probably is the reason uh, why it happened is I got to feeling like I had the steering wheel instead of God, but. Um, I got on my knees and, you know, I said, we're trying to honor you with our service. We're trying to honor and care for our people. You know, what are we, what are we doing wrong? So it was a very low, low time. But, you know, our team, because of that culture, our team really rallied around the leadership. Uh, we, we had lots of support and people said, hey, we're going to get through this. And we got opportunity in front of us. And we did. I mean, we turned that tide uh, in the latter part of 18, had a big win in early 19. And then we got back on the exponential growth. And it's just been exponential growth ever since then. So it was definitely a low, low point. Yeah. So a low, low point makes sense, right? So you had those great wins for many years, you know, 12 to 18, right? So the mindset is one of expansion. And then not only is it one, but then two, and then three, and then the fourth contract. What was the sort of, even though you had a great culture, what was different about the mindset during those sort of, what I'll say, setbacks, even though they weren't a setback financially, they were because you, you clearly had spent a lot technology-wise, but what was the sort of either at the top or even amongst all the teams, what was sort of the mindset there that was going on? Uh, I think there's the normal fear that creeps in when people uh, say, hey, we're not, we're not succeeding like we were succeeding. But we, 
we really rallied as far as, uh, hey, we're going to stay the course. We know that uh, we're doing the right thing. We're not about to let a bunch of people go. We just held serve and um, that built confidence in people when they saw us not, you know, have a knee jerk reaction that we believed in what we were doing, the investments we had made that confidence started to build back up. But certainly, Michael, the first thing that happens is fear because, oh no, I mean, we're, we're going to lose all of this that we have gained over the last few years, all of this momentum, uh, the ability to serve bigger clients, uh, the ability to offer people more opportunities. That's what's so great about growth is, you know, it's opportunities for every team member. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that piece about uh, where people were and the fear being the biggest, biggest factor there and how people, because of the confidence, pivoted. So tell me this, you know, that's the sort of the low side of, of business. Have you seen that elsewhere? And and how would, let's say another company where they've got setback kind of like that, what would you share with them about how to deal with those low moments? Um, I've had the opportunity. I actually do some executive coaching and we actually help companies with leadership development. And uh, so we see this quite often. A lot of times it'll not necessarily be an economic downturn, but it'll be a people downturn because of leadership transition or a leadership team will get uh, one that we worked on just this last year. The leadership team was just not functioning at all. And so everybody was miserable. I mean, they hated coming to work. They hated their life. They hated, they were working too hard. Nobody trusted anybody. People were in the wrong seat. And that leads to chaos. That leads to stress. And really over that year, they hired us to come in. We evaluated all the, the leadership team members started talking about strengths, weaknesses, realignment, where people might could succeed better in a different seat. And a year later, they are a much higher functioning leadership team and people are excited again about the growth that they're going to generate in their company. Yeah, that's a great example. And I appreciate too the, the part about you know, there, there's sort of a, hey, you got to shift their mindset some, but there's also some other components in there. And I'm, I'm wondering how much does faith in the leadership or faith of the leadership play a factor? You know, uh, with smaller businesses, especially, you run into different cultures, like cultures are built around a hero. You've got this one leader and all the faith and confidence is in that one person. And that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Now, a lot of small businesses start that way, but the leaders that truly move from being that hero to having a high-functioning team and a high-functioning leadership team and exponential growth, they learn how to elevate those around them to where they become very effective leaders. And that was the thing in this situation is you had one leader, one hero, and everything was running through that person. Everybody was scared to make a decision. Everybody was scared to come up with a different idea than the hero. And I see this a lot in small businesses, by the way. And it holds them back. 
but the small businesses where that hero leader says, hey, I don't have all the answers, where they're transparent, then you start to see some amazing things happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure you've seen it plenty of times where you have somebody who's a founder of a business, startup, whatever. And so they they basically own the, the business themselves. And so they're so used to doing everything themselves that when they get to a million in revenue or something like that, it's very hard for them to let go. But they, one, as you said, transparency, and then two, letting go to let the others and trusting the others to step in and cover some of those things. And if they don't feel like they're empowered and they have that fear, like you said, then they're not going to make decisions and they're going to wait on the, on the, the hero to, to tell them what to do. And, and that's, you can't do that once you start getting larger. And it's hard to do if you've been the founder. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, absolutely correct. And it's kind of funny. Depend, it, it doesn't matter what business it is. You do start to see some of that at a million dollars. At three million is a real stage breaker. 10 million is another one. 30 million is another one. 100 million is another one where the organization has to make some really big changes in how they're organized and how they're managing themselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Makes sense. All right. So those are some low moments and I appreciate you talking about that because it's valuable for a lot of the listeners here. But I would also ask you, you know, hey, what's sort of that people first, you know, magnetic culture aspect to create those high moments? And what would be an example of one or two that you can think of? After sharing that low moment, you know, the most exciting high point is when we got that next big win and we rallied around that to mobilize around that big opportunity. So, you know, it's easy to to see that one. But I think one more in context to uh, what your question is, I think it is some of the joy that I've gotten from people where, you know, I've had awards and things like that. And they're in a closet somewhere. They're not up on my walls. They're in a closet somewhere. But what I do have both on my computer as well as uh, in a file are the texts, emails, handwritten notes, those kind of things that people say, hey, porn impacted my life. You, Your leadership impacted my life. You made a difference. You had significance in the path that I chose. Those moments bring me the most joy. I think part of my purpose as individuals help people see and realize their full potential. And so that's where my joy comes from. And so, you know, I can just think of numerous times I saw team members step up into a new opportunity, knowing they weren't totally ready, because you never are. Always remember that. When it's time to step up to your next level of leadership, there's nobody that you don't wait till you're all the way ready. You learn on your way. Be bold. Grab it. Uh, And so seeing those team members have enough confidence to grab that next ring and let go of that lower ring, that's just, it just happened over and over again. We went from 370 people to over 2,000 in that time period. Wow, that's quite a bit of growth. You know, there's scaling and then there's growing, right? (laughs) And so you guys obviously scaled, but man, that's some good people growth there. Well, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit to what you said earlier there is the joy you feel in making a difference in people's lives. And and so if you can impart some of that wisdom or impart, more importantly, what I heard was trust. 
trust in those people who are stepping up into those new positions. And then the, obviously the advice that, Hey, like nobody else has got it totally figured out. You don't have to be perfect at it. We're just, we think you've got some potential here, you know? So when you create that culture, that mindset, that energy level of like opening for opportunity and there's opportunity all over the place, um, that kind of culture I think is contagious in a good way. So what have you noticed with that when you have that sort of magnetic people first culture with people who feel empowered because they are trusted? It is uh, magnetic and it is contagious. I mean, it really is. And uh, when people start to realize that if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world, they learn faster. You know, we learn from our mistakes. I mean, 80% of the book is mistakes that we made and learned from and we got better. And so when you have that culture, we, we called it learn fast, learn forward, learn together. And that's the way we talked about it. Hey, we want, we know nobody else has done this. We're doing a project nobody else has done before and you're leading it. So Yes, learn fast, learn forward, learn together, share what you learn. And when you get that culture going, you nailed it, Michael, it's contagious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I also like that, like that too, in the sense of when you're centralized in sort of your management functions or procedures, then there's this kind of like top-down direction approach. And when you have employees or mid-level management that's empowered to make choices and lean forward, as you say, then what's much more likely is that they will attempt to solve the problems first and not wait for somebody higher up to tell them what to do. And I have seen it time and time again, and I bet you you have too, where people are frozen in place and won't make a decision because they're waiting on somebody else or they won't share that there's a problem until the problem becomes too big or too late to be solved. And so how much of that culture, if you will, will actually help a country, a company in adversity or under stressful situations? If you take over a company or you come into leadership of a company, that's what you're describing is a low trust environment. Nobody wants to have the mistake. Nobody wants to bring the problem forward. They don't want it to, to, you know, to, to reflect on them. That's a low trust environment. And so when you take over a team that's there, the first thing a leader has to do is be very vulnerable and say, hey, I'm going to trust y'all to help us figure this out. We're not going to be, you know, it's one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's connection. And that's why I said, you know, as far as the purpose of the book is to inspire leaders to trust in people and, and care and serve in a way that is intentional. That's the intentional part, Michael. You and I are not going to trust each other if we never connect on a personal basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So what would you recommend then for uh, somebody stepping in? Uh, to let's say a new role or maybe they're taking over a CEO or something like that where um, they're with a new company or new new environment and maybe it is a little challenged or got, got some broken aspects to it. What would you say that they need to do first? Uh, you talked a little bit about getting to know people. What, 
what additionally could they do? Besides connecting with the people they're going to be working with or responsible for, I think there's some golden rules there. Talk less, listen more. Talk less, listen more. And have a lot of one-on-one conversations. Because you want to be a sponge and you want to be taking all of that information in. You know, we tend to bring a suitcase with us that's got all our beliefs and assumptions in it. And our brain is wired to make us feel great about where we sit today. And so we bring that in and we're, we want to be the savior. You know, we want to be, hey, we want to be the person that pulled this out of the ditch. And so we immediately go into fixed stage, which is the worst thing we can do. We need to go into listen stage. Oh, absolutely. I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I tell people (laughs) as well as like you go in and you listen first, talk to everybody, understand where they're coming from, and then you'll get a much bigger picture. And then you can start asking those informative questions that are the harder questions. But now you know a lot about the company, a lot about the people first. And now you're coming, you've done your homework, if you will. Great advice. Great advice, Michael. Yeah. All right. Well, this has all been very fascinating for me because I'm a leadership junkie as well. So I love your book. Any other ideas from your book that you want to share right now for people? I think just overall, when you think about leadership, as you grow in your career, you begin that track by collecting medals. Let's just talk about collecting medals. But as you move into leadership, Your mindset has to change because to be an effective leader, to raise an organization to high performance, you need to be giving medals away. And so get out of the spotlight and give the medals away and grow that team around you. And I think that's one of the things that so many people miss when they first get into leadership is they're still trying to collect medals uh, and honor and awards when it, you really need to be thinking about how you give them away. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great point. All right. Well, I got a fun question for you, Joey. If you could meet anyone deceased or living, who would that be and why? Being a faith-based person, you know, the easy answer would be Jesus, except I already have an appointment. I'm going to get to meet Jesus. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with somebody that I mentioned in my book, which is uh, Martin Luther King. And I would like to meet him because if you follow his teachings, if you follow what he preached, the love that he had for everybody is what our world needs today. We need his message. He didn't divide his church. There was one church, one creation under God. And I would love to spend an hour with Dr. Martin Luther King. I have not had anybody say that, but I can totally appreciate why you'd want to do that. And that love that he has, uh, that's a great one. Great, great one. Awesome. Well, Joey, I have enjoyed having you on the show today. There's some great learning lessons in there for sure. Um, so if people want to get a hold of your book and or get a hold of you, how can they do so? Well, you can go to joeyhavens.com. That's my website. And all the information about the book is there. And my blog, I have a blog that comes out every Wednesday morning. Uh, It has some humorous stories in it, but it's always a leadership lesson. It's called the Be Better blog. 
And my email is joey at joeyhavens.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joey, again, thank you for being on the show, taking the time out today to be with us and impart some of your wisdom. I think it's a big, big effort that is needed across the world. And so just even a little bit that we can do individually makes a big difference. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. It's been a joy and thank you for the difference you're making. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.